Hello, podcasters. I go through last night's debate, the French language debate, but I don't go through the French language debate part of it. I go through the scrum afterwards, which most of which was done in English, and a great number of questions, I, I'd have to add them up, there are more than 10 questions, were put by our reporters, Kean Bexie and David Menzies, and our friend, Andrew Lawton. Anyways, I'll let you see those in a moment, but of course, you're doing the podcast, so you're only listening to them. I would encourage you to consider becoming a premium subscriber so you can see them too. They're fun to watch. It's just eight bucks a month. Go to premium.rebelnews.com. All right, without further ado, here's the podcast. Tonight, who won last night's leaders' debate? I'll show you the clips and the tweets to prove it decisively. It's October 11th, and this is The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. As you know, on Monday, a federal court judge ordered Justin Trudeau's hand-picked debates commission to accredit our journalists, Kian Bexty and David Menzies, to attend the leaders' debates. We beat five Trudeau lawyers in court. I was amazed. But even more amazing was how Kian and David and our friend Andrew Lawton, who was also in court with us, and also got the same court accorded, uh, ordered accreditation. It's amazing how well they did journalistically with the opportunity they were given. They asked more questions than any other media company at the debates, even though the CBC, for example, had more than 80 journalists in the room. Because, of course, the media party journalists aren't really that curious about things. And if they were really curious about something, they'd probably best keep it themselves or they'd get in trouble. I don't know, with their bosses, with the Trudeau-run parliamentary press gallery. I don't know. Maybe that's one reason why the legacy media is in such trouble. They're so boring. No one is even interested in their stories, unlike the peppy, prickly questions that our guys asked, not just at the English language debate on Monday night, but on the French language debate last night. Obviously, the debate itself was in French, but the questions after were in either official language, and we asked them in English, of course. I thought our team asked some great questions, and I'll uh, play a bunch of clips for you later in the show. But the most hostile reaction to our journalists was not actually from the politicians they were grilling. You'd think it would be, right? No, it, it was from rival journalists who hated having the competition, especially competition that was so keen. Uh, we got the first questions, the first three questions in a row to Trudeau. How lazy do those other 200 incumbent journalists have to be to let that happen? Our guys were first in line, second in line, and third in line. I'm counting Andrew Lawton as one of our guys. And of course, it wasn't just that we had the first three in a row. It's that we didn't ask, you know, shampoo-style questions. The one that the entire country wants to know. What shampoo do you use? <laughs> what a disappointing answer this is going to be. Whatever happens to be hanging around at the time. So look at this. Look at this. Uh, this is a tweet from Susan Delacourt. She said, first few questions to Justin Trudeau after the French debate are all about 
in the now infamous parlance of the election, unfounded rumors about his past. I'll just say I'm glad this isn't a branch of journalism I've ever been asked to do. <laughs> and Susan Delacourt, her brother, is literally a Liberal Party operative. I think she was actually one of the five journalist moderators in the first debate. I, I know her a little bit. I used to know her better. She personally cried, tears of sorrow, actual water running down her face, crying literally when liberal leader Michael Ignatiev and Ignatiev lost. That's how partisan she is. And she's giving us a lecture on what real journalistic questions are like. When she practices liberal party stenography, she hated that we were asking interesting questions. You bet, because she doesn't have the get up and go that our people did, or even if she did, she doesn't want to rock the boat with her friend. I'll show you a few more uh, in a moment, but here's a subtler Snyder tweet. Uh, it's from my friend David Aiken, who says, the Parliamentary Press Gallery, which is older than Canada, I should note, has been deciding who gets a press pass with great success for quite some time now, and the decisions about who gets a press pass is made by other journalists, not by the government. No, that's, that's not really right. Here, so here's the reply I wrote to David last night. That's legally incorrect. The only reason the press gallery has its authority is because the Speaker of the House delegates it to them and funds them. The Parliamentary Press Gallery acts as an agent of the government. You call it a great success because you haven't been excluded by that government. Well, David replied, and I'm glad he did. He said, no, you can't be an agent of the government if one's authority is derived by the Speaker. The Speaker does not equal the government. The Speaker is a servant of the House, so though I'm no lawyer like you, you're legally incorrect. No, no, that's, that's not true. Here's my last retort to him. I said, no, my friend, the House of Commons is part of the government. What else do you suggest it is? A private corporation, some sort of voluntary association? It exercises the power of the state, and it has the power to ban non-Unifor reporters, which it does. And I linked to a clip where the Prime Minister's office said they had colluded with the press gallery to keep out our reporter. Good, how are you? You won't be able to come in okay. to, the, uh, to the event. Why? Uh, just because your organization is associated with white nationalism and white supremacy, uh -huh. and those values and uh, and views are not uh, are not welcome in this place. So, so I'm allowed in the White House to cover a news event, and I'm not a white nationalist. I'm not a white supremacist. But you your guys news get to has been associated with that uh, type of behavior and rhetoric. So, the White House so the Prime, so the Prime Minister's them. office has made the unilateral decision to not let me in. The Prime Minister's office has agreed with the Canadian Press Gallery that your organization's views are not welcome. So that's all I have. They'll get you to leave, but I so, just wanted to come So the Prime Minister's know. office determines who can and cannot cover Canadian politics it's in the a, United it's States. It's a Canadian embassy event, and you are also not an accredited journalist in the Canadian press gallery at a Canadian media event, and that's why. Now, I like David Aiken well enough for a uniform journalist, but it's really weird for someone to say that Parliament is not part of the government. What, what does he think it is? I, I get why he likes the whole system, because it likes him. And anyways, everything's good when the government keeps out scrappy little guys like Keen and David. David Menzies, that is. So the whole system right now is good for the government. And it's good for establishment journalists like David Aiken. It's good for everyone in the system. Everyone except for the citizens. Stay with us. Keen Bexty is next. And we'll go through his video.
Oh, what a week was it. What a week it was. It was a week. The week started in the most surprising of ways. We were at the Federal Court of Canada demanding that the Debates Commission, which was handpicked by Justin Trudeau, allowed two of our journalists in. Now, we hired a team of bright young lawyers, but they warned me when I hired them. They said, Ezra, this is a very uphill battle. You will probably lose. I said, you know what? We have to fight it on principle. We can't allow Justin Trudeau to deplatform us. And we went to court on Monday morning, and lo and behold, Justice Russell Zinn agreed with us and commanded the Debate Commission to allow in Kean Bexty and David Menzies and the rest of the week. Well, it just went from good to great. And joining me now in studio is one of our journalists who was officially certified, accredited, and commanded into the debate by the judge himself, Kean Bexty King. Great to see you. Great to see you too, Ezra. You know, um, media accreditation is a bit of BS. Um, being a uh, journalist is an activity. You just sort of do it. Yeah. Um, there's no, it's not like being a doctor where you have to have a certain certification and a professional. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, anytime someone says, are you accredited journalist, it's a little bit of BS. But I think it's fair to say that in this entire country, with the thousands of journalists from coast to coast, you, David Menzies, and our friend Andrew Lawton from True North have the most reputable, authoritative, and commanding certification of any journalist in the country. No one less than a federal court judge says, you're a journalist. Yeah, you know what? I, I didn't think about it like that, but I guess you could say, I mean, outside the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which really accredits every single Canadian citizen and everyone in Canada to be a journalist, that, that right extends to everyone, there is uh, now a federal court ruling that says we are, in fact, one. I, I'd like to see where Rosemary Barton's uh, federal court issuance is that uh, accredits her to be a practitioner of journalism. And, of course, the Charter of Rights itself did not create these rights, it merely enshrined them and wrote them down, rights that we have had for centuries, um, both through law, statute, and custom, going back to the, our British legal inheritance. Um, but boy, they did not like to have you amongst oh, they were so mad. the media party. They were steaming mad at you, weren't they? Tell me a little bit what it was like, you and David. You went to the English debates that Monday night, right, just mm -hmm. hours after the court ruling. Yeah. And you were at the French language debates last night mm -hmm. in Gatineau. Yes, uh, so Monday we were a bit surprised that we actually got in. Like you said, we weren't expecting to get in. Uh, so I had flown from Calgary on the red eye to Toronto to go to the court case uh, and then to Ottawa. And by the time I got to Ottawa, I landed and then I realized that we were gonna get in. So I was kind of dressed up in a ball cap and I wasn't really dressed up as I should be. So uh, <laughs> I was wearing a ball cap asking Justin Trudeau questions, which I mean, uh, was fun and all, but the, the mainstream media was kind of picking on me for it. They, they just wanted to pick on everything and they, uh, they did everything in their power to make it so that I couldn't ask questions because David wasn't there on the Monday. He was there on Thursday or whatever yesterday was. Um, and they, they would push forward in line, they would push forward past us in elevators while we were waiting uh, to get our bags sniffed by RCMP dogs. Uh, they were just trying every trick in the book and the most hilarious part happened when uh, they, uh, David and I asked Trudeau both questions each and uh, this was much to the disappointment of the CBC Radio Canada journalist who was chatting with a TVA journalist as well trying to ex like 
with, with hand signals explain how they were going to get in front of us in the queue. And immediately after we grilled Justin Trudeau, David and I, and Andrew Lawton as well, it was three in a row. It was wow, really three fun. in a row. It was really funny. Uh, a Trudeau staffer, uh, who Andrew Lawton identified as Justin Trudeau's press secretary, goes up to the Radio Canada journalist and starts scolding him. And the Radio Canada journalist is going like, I, 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 I can't explain how they did it. Now, if I think I know the Radio Canada journalist you're talking about. He's the president of the Parliamentary Press Gallery, right? Is it Philippe something? Yeah, Voise or something. Yes. I yep, know who you're talking him. about. I've been him. trying to get him to accredit us for months. He's clearly in the pocket of the prime minister. Oh, yeah. And if they scolded him, that seems awfully familiar. You wouldn't scold a journalist <laughs> yeah. for journalists doing journalism unless he was in your pocket. It's so f I didn't know that the three years went boom, boom, boom in a row. That's six questions in a row on accountability journalism. That's quite amazing. I say again, Justice Zinn in court on Monday said, what are the odds of even getting a question with 200 journalists there? Well, I guess you really hustled, so you got one, two, three in line. That is a bit of a, that is amazing. Yeah, it was great. We, uh, they pushed in front of us to get up this escalator, because in the, in the, museum, there's one way to get up to where the scrum was happening and it was you had to go up an escalator. And they were trying to push past us, but we were just not having any of it. It was it's it's one of those situations where you're not sure how rude you should be by trying to like aggressively get in front of someone and they were being quite aggressive, but we were just uh, not gonna have any of it. They and, and they got mad at David. Let's play this video here of uh, that Philippe guy actually scolding David, saying he couldn't be in line because I was also in line. There was two rebel journalists there. He said that was unfair, even though there was plenty of CBC journalists. There was more than 80 yeah. CBC journalists. Clearly, he's running errands for the prime minister's office. What a loser. Uh, but, I mean, we've always said that they're government journalists, so what are you going to do? Let's take a look at that clip. Five CBC questions, since there's many, many medias. Well, that, I think your colleague here. That's my colleague, Kim, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, just uh, to make sure that every media gets a chance to ask questions. If, well, you're first in line, right? <laughs> yeah, not for me. I'm just asking for everyone else. I think just, you're good to ask. I'm not talking about me. I'm just talking about, like, yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is that everyone can ask questions. I think. But you only want us to ask one question. Just sorry. Yeah, sorry. I'm just saying that yeah, there's yeah. a lot of mediums. The two of you will have, will have one question before I have mine. That, okay. That's his point. If maybe every media could have one before you have two. That's sure. Well, we're just all in line, right? It's one at a time, right? Yeah. Okay. But I'm saying that some medias won't have questions, and you'll have two. Well, usually we have none. We had to get a court order, sir, to, I to get I in here. I understand everything. I'm just saying that, <laughs> I mean, okay. we're all here. Oh, yeah, but we were never here. That's the thing. We were, uh, here? Until are you here? We are here now. Here but you're telling me not, not to ask a question because there's two I'm of us. I'm not telling you not to ask a question. I'm telling you we can all play in a team. Oh, 100%. I, I'll, I'll, <laughs> no, it's not 100% since you're not playing in a team right now. Well, because uh, some medias won't have questions. That's what I'm saying. You're too ahead of me in the line. Where's your, your I'm not talking about your, me. I'm talking about there. where is she from? People here, TVO. Okay. Yeah. Talking about other medias? But we, we have been excluded, sir, from the entire campaign you're until... You're here? Uh, is that right? I am planning to ask a question. Yeah. Uh, two questions. Well, I don't know. I mean, it, it depends. So that's a, you are planning to ask two questions. Well, right? I, as you know, the Prime Minister has a penchant well, for one, not it's answering one, it's questions. One and a it's a question and follow-up, right? Yeah. That's the rule. That, that's what's going to happen? Yes. Oh, that'd be question to follow-up. All right, we'll okay. watch for that. Okay. <laughs> Why, is, is that a problem or? Uh, well, yeah. it's uh, not great. It's my understanding, actually, that from what I was hearing from the gentleman, that you've got two people here. And so you are planning to ask two questions, which makes it four. Yeah. Oh, sorry, what was that? 
I, I think I, I'm I, done I, here. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Were there any other moments like that where the media party, despite Justice Zinn's order that you're the only court-approved journalist in the country, the three of you, were there any little pouty moments like that, any um, disparaging, condescending moments like that? Uh, well, the left on Twitter, just to put the media party aside, the left on Twitter absolutely exploded uh, when when we asked questions, they said, oh, that's not a fair question. Rosemary Barton said, you're not a journalist just because you call yourself a journalist. Well, I didn't call myself a journalist, Rosie. A judge did. And uh, on top of that, CTV actually cut the audio. They scrambled to cut the audio on their live broadcast because the hilarious part of this is every single member of this uh, consortium, a pool, had to, were, were playing the Scrum Live because it was interesting news. Mm -hmm. So they, the CTV, CBC, Global News, were playing the Scrum Live and were playing Three questions in a row from Rebel journalists. Six questions, because you've yeah. got a follow-up. So six questions in a row, that's pretty awesome. And they were just not having any of it when it came to Maxime Bernier. And my question about the media bailout, I said, Maxime, do you think that the media bailout has compromised the coverage of this election? $600 million. Now, you wouldn't know that if you were watching CTV because... Well, they cut it out right after I said 600. It was like a cue to them. They're oh, like, oh, we can't talk about that $600 million. So watch this video. Rebel News. My question is uh, about uh, the 600. We've been listening to. So they just killed the sound. It, it would be funny if it wasn't so Orwellian. They just killed. So they tried to stop the three years. They tried to stop Bernier from getting into the debates. They yeah. failed. They tried to stop the three years from getting mm -hmm. access as accredited journalists. They failed. So their last ditch was to literally kill the sound. There's nothing worse in TV than dead air. Yeah. I mean, a second feels like an hour. Mm -hmm. um, it's the greatest failure. But they chose dead air rather than to have a question they didn't like and an answer they didn't like. That is the purest distillation. That is like a million time concentrated media party. It's one drop of that will last you a year <laughs> media party wise. Yeah, I, I, I just imagined my, in, in my head the, the editing team in their back room just pulling plugs trying to figure out how do I kill the footage too. Like, and it was, it was hilarious because you could hear the audio from the room just like quiet like creaking of chairs and stuff like that. And then of course there was nothing wrong with the audio other than they just didn't want to hear us. It wasn't technical difficulties broadly in the station because right when it went back to the anchor who I don't even know who she is, um, the audio was fine. So yeah. They, they <laughs> yeah, oh what, uh, that's just unbelievable. Um, You've said a lot of interesting things. We've seen a lot of interesting things. I just want to show one more clip of, I want to show two more clips. Um, let's show the clip of you, and let's show three clips. Okay. Let's show the six questions in a row to Trudeau about his time at West Point Gray Academy. So we're going to just, all three couplets in a row. And what's so awesome is that these were in a row right off the top, and they were run live. Take a look. Ikean RNN, have you, your campaign, or any other agents secured non-disclosure agreements from anyone about inappropriate sexual personal conduct? No. Uh, Follow-up, the 2001 yearbook from West Point Gray Academy says that you and convicted sex offender Christopher Ingvaldson made a young student's, quote, 
life at WPGA a lot more interesting slash amusing, end quote. How did you two keep her amused? We were teachers. David Menzies, Rebel News. Um, Mr. Prime Minister, you left West Point Gray Academy in the middle of a term, which is highly unusual. It was a law firm that made this announcement, which is also highly unusual. Sir, can you tell us the real reason why you left so abruptly? And did it involve any kind of uh, sexual misconduct at the school? I wrote three pages on that in my autobiography. Uh, and it involved absolutely nothing of the sort of the rumors that you're trying to spread. Even so, Mr. Prime Minister, a follow-up question. Um, why did so many teenage girls write uh, so passionately about you in the yearbook? Was there any connection to you having a relationship with these girls or their mothers? I was a good teacher. Good evening, Prime Minister. Andrew Lawton from True North. Uh, in English and in French, please. When you were accused of, um, in her words, groping a young woman at the Kokanee Music Festival, you said that people can experience things differently. When you look back at your career at West Point Gray Academy, were there any episodes, any chapters, any incidents where, looking back, you may have, in your view or in the view of anyone else involved, acted inappropriately? No. No. Okay, thank you. And a, a follow-up to that, sir. I mean, these are questions we're asking publicly because uh, your office has, has not answered them privately. Do you think they are relevant, given that you have been accused of bullying women you've worked with, firing women that have stood up to you, and accused of groping women? Do you realize that these are important questions? We live uh, in a democracy where people are allowed to ask questions uh, and where Canadians will make their decisions. Uh, I am extremely confident in the values that I've always put forward and the work that I've done for Canadians. Uh, and I know that Canadians will base their decision in 10 days uh, on facts and not on uh, internet rumors. Huh. Uh, if only they were just internet rumors. A lot of the things that Justin Trudeau says are false internet rumors. Uh, like Jody Wilson-Raybould's story itself uh, turned out to be the truth later on. There's one more clip I want to show you of David Menzies putting what I thought was an excellent question to Elizabeth May, the leader of the Green Party, and I put it to you. Can you name a single other journalist in this entire country who would have cared about this issue and been on this side of the issue and asked it to the Green Party leader? This, in some ways, was my favorite moment of the scrum. Take a look. Ms. May, uh, David Menzies with uh, Rebel News. Ms. May, in 2015, you stated that convicted terrorist Omar Khadr had more class than the entire effing conservative cabinet under Stephen Harper. Do you still believe in 2019 that this convicted terrorist has more class than the entire conservative party under Andrew Scheer? Have you ever been to a press gallery dinner? Do you yes. understand the concept of it being ridiculous with lots of humor? I'm sorry, that's not a real question. Oh, sorry, if, if this was an attempt at humor, a supplemental question, do you think that the widow and the, fatherless children and the fatherless children of Christopher Spear, his murder victim, do you think they found that funny, Miss May? I don't think you understand the concept of press gallery dinner skits, but I will say this. There's very, uh, there's very questionable evidence that Omar Khadr committed the crime of which he was accused. 
It was at the disposal, it was the decision of the U.S. military to describe something that was in a war zone as terrorism, when in the common sense understanding of the word terrorism, it wasn't. And I recommend to you the journalism of Sandy Garasino, who has produced a photograph that makes it quite clear that at the moment that Mr. Cotter was supposed to have been able to throw a grenade, he was under a pile of rubble. The whole question is very fraught with historical revisionism, and we're not that far into our history. We also know that his rights were violated because he was a child at the time that his parents took him into, that his father took him into a war zone. There's a lot wrong with that story. No, actually, there's about seven things wrong with her answer there, including the fact that Omar Khadr was not legally a child, uh, not under Canadian law, not under the UN Conventions of the Rights of the Child. She just made that up. He was, in fact, convicted by a jury of terrorism. It's not just a spurious allegation. He also confessed to it with the advice and approval of his very zealous lawyers. He had a lot of very anti-American, pro-terrorist lawyers. They certainly weren't government patsies. They approved his confession. So frankly, every word you said uh, that she said there was untrue. But um, I say again, the main point of showing that clip was that, can you name me another journalist in, country, in the country who would have asked that question? And good for him for remembering the true victims, the children of Christopher Spear. Um, it, I think it was an incredible week for the rebel, uh, but the writ of Justice Russell Zinn, who commanded this media political industrial complex to let you in, it has expired. Mm -hmm. His command only applied to these debates. I predict that going forward, there will be a new hatred and deplatforming of rebel journalists precisely because the whole world saw how well we do yeah. if we're let in. And I think that politicians will be pressured not to talk to us. I think events will be pressured not to allow us in. I think that the very proof of your success that we just saw there will cause the media party to close ranks even harder. You know, I, I hope that it's, I hope that what you say is not true, although I, I see the writing on the wall. I, journalists have a vested interest in protecting their income, and they know that we're pulling the rug out from underneath them. Uh, we're, we're, you know, we're hiring people daily, it seems, here at The Rebel, and we're covering stories that the mainstream media refuses to. On your point about politicians, I hope that's not the case. I hope politicians saw that, and I hope the staffers of politicians saw that, because it's, at the end of the day, it's not Andrew Shear saying that he doesn't want to talk to us, I, I don't think. Um, Hopefully they saw the questions that we asked and saw that they were reasonable. They weren't unfair questions. They weren't libelous questions. They weren't anything that the media party says we are. They were very valid questions to Trudeau, to Andrew Scheer, to Maxime Bernier, to Elizabeth May, to Jagmeet Singh. And we saw the fallout that the, both the bloc leader got and Jagmeet Singh got. Um, I'm sure they were applauded by the left for ignoring my question. But uh, many people were just like, why would you not answer that question? Especially folks in Alberta, they wanted yeah. to know why Jagmeet Singh wouldn't answer that Well, question. let's put that question up because, I mean, Jagmeet Singh seems to be a, a nice enough guy on a personal level, um, but when he detected that you were a rebel, he didn't answer the question, which mistakes the question's purpose. It's not a personal question that you've just been carrying around with you as a person. It's a question that will elicit information about a candidate for millions of viewers to see. So the question was not a personal trick or for personal gain, it was to elucidate his views on a particular subject. 
and that he used your identity as an excuse not to answer it, it could, it could be anyone who asked you the question. The question stands on its own merits. But watch Jagmeet Singh avoid the question. I think the avoidance here is terrible. Take a look. Hi, uh, Elizabeth May told me earlier today, and I think she spoke in the other debate uh, re uh, recently, that she wants the Alberta oil sands offline by, in a decade. What's the date that you want the Alberta oil sands offline? Sir, what's your name? My name's Key, and I'm with RNN. You're with who? RNN. I'm going to pass on the question, my friend. Okay, so I'll, do I get the follow-up then? Or you're just going to pass on the question for... Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to answer it. Because it's a hard one, or...? No, I'm just not going to answer your question. So, okay, so the, fo the follow-up, I guess, would be... Uh, how do you have the moral authority to take the Alberta oil sands offline, given Alberta most just recently rejected your party in the largest democratic mandate that the province has ever seen? I'm not going to answer your question, but thanks. It's a hard one, hey? Yeah. Thanks, man. Now, I, I got a question. Um, I mean, I, Keen, I don't know you very well, but we've been working together in a friendly way for a year or so. Um, I can only imagine that the reason he doesn't answer your question is that he finds you politically disagreeable. Mm -hmm. You're not a, a criminal. You're not doing anything obscene or, or, or immoral. You're not um, engaging in any sort of misconduct. In fact, the way you got to the front of the line there was through a court order and then through initiative. So there's, there's no reason whatsoever that would justify that conduct. Like, <clears throat> um, if Al Jazeera a state-run propaganda arm of Qatar asked me a question, I might say to them, I'm not talking to you because you're the state-run propaganda arm of Qatar. If Xinhua asked me a question, I might say, well, you're just the Communist Party's mouthpiece and you're spies. So that, I think, could be a legitimate reason not to talk to a particular media outlet because they're not really, like Xinhua and the People's Daily are not journalists, they're, they're propaganda spies. But for Jagmeet Singh to decline to answer your question because of your nature, whereas your nature is simply your conservative, the reason that's odious is not just that it doesn't participate in the democracy and the journalistic vetting of politicians, but it telegraphs to me what Jagmeet Singh will be like, God forbid, if he were ever granted any power that if someone would come to his office and say, I need help with an immigration issue, I need help with a passport issue, I need help, there's a pothole outside yeah. my, I need help, he would say, okay, hang on, hang on. Put his name in the database, is he a conservative? No, okay, we'll help you. Put his name in the database, is he a conservative? Yes, sorry, I'm not gonna help you. Mm -hmm. He showed an, a warrantless discrimination. He discriminated against you in his answers because you're conservative in a way, it was deplatforming, and it was a way it was a it was a workaround. Justice Zinn's order that you be accredited. I don't. I mean, they were probably high fiving and slam dunking in the media party. Yeah. But if I were someone in Jagmeet Singh's own riding, I'd have to say, is he even my MP, or should I go to a neighboring riding? Because this guy clearly hates my kind so much that he won't even let me ask a question. I uh, I think you're right about that. I think also the question was harder than, that was probably the most difficult question I asked of the night. Yeah, maybe he wasn't even conservative, maybe he was just looking for a way out from answer because it's a hell of a question. Well, the, yeah, and the question was a valid question that Albertans and folks in Saskatchewan want an answer to is, we, I mean, they just rejected the NDP, Rachel Notley's government, in a, the largest democratic mandate the, uh, the province has ever seen. Separatist uh, sentiment is rising on the daily, uh, and if TMX is canceled, 
there will be riots. Yeah, it's you saw the about expansion. Yeah, if you, you saw the you saw the protests of everyday working class Albertans outside of the Hyatt at that uh, I, I Heart Oil Sands rally. It was on the streets when right. Justin Trudeau came. Right. Or maybe it was Bill Morneau. Either way, the, the the crowds were huge. And if TMX is cancelled, how does the NDP have the moral authority, or the Green Party for that matter, or the Liberal Party, uh, have any moral authority to govern Alberta when they can't get an iota of support in that uh, region? Yeah. Hmm. Well, listen, I think you had a great week, David Menzies, too. Uh, I think we're punching above our weight in this election. We're asking accountability journalism that viewers love, politicians hate, and our competitors are trying to quash. Yeah. That tells me we're on the right track. Ian, great to see you. Great to see you too. All right, folks, uh, stay with us. Uh, some final thoughts right after this. Well, what a week. I tell you, from the federal court in Toronto on Monday to the deplatforming of my book launch in Edmonton on Thursday, it was exhilarating, thrilling, stressful, but I feel like The Rebel had one of our best weeks ever. We asked some of the best questions we ever had in the most important time to do so. Even though we were technically shut out, I mean, not technically, physically shut out of the Princess Theater in Edmonton, we had hundreds of people show up anyways, and we concocted or came up with or discovered a new strategy for fighting against the deplatformers. I'll talk a little bit more about that on Monday's show. I thought it was a great week. I hope you did too. And I thank you for being such strong supporters of the Rebel. Until next time, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night and keep fighting for freedom.